Edge T Saw, episode 18. It's just the two of us. Welcome back to both of you. <laughs> hey, I thought our numbers were climbing. Our numbers are climbing. Actually, last month we had uh, about two and a half gigs of transfer. And so up from when we started, we had less than a half a gig. Nice. And I think that first half a gig was primarily just us. <laughs> so uh, actually... Uh, and we didn't even really listen to it. I never listened to it. No way, dude. Oh, nah. Uh-uh. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Mm. Full name. Sure. Uh, my name is Scott Chanel, and I am here with Scott Duarte. Uh, welcome back, everybody. And we are here at Edgy T Saw headquarters, high atop <laughs> the gargantuan towers, <laughs> broadcasting to the world live, recorded. So, <laughs> and of course, we're back in the middle of school, so a little punch drunk by the end of the day here. That's right. That's and, right. Uh, so what are we going to talk about today? What are we going to... Well, I was going to... Well, no, we'll... we'll All right, news uh, first. News first is you might not be hearing that uh, theme song much longer. Yep. Um, we are... Uh, we put out uh, some feelers and uh, got a hold of uh, Mark and uh, Mr. Blasco is from www.podcastthemes.com is going to be uh, hooking us up. I got a couple other things to iron out with him, and uh, sometime in the future, we will be uh, shifting tunes. So. To our own theme song. Yeah, very excited about it, and uh, way looking forward to it. Um, the stuff that he does, he does uh, the theme for Twit, which is like the biggest podcast ever, big, huge. And we're the second biggest? Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you need to do to get through, your night, through the night, you know. That's um, right. Yeah, so uh, we're very excited about it. Uh, it's still in the really, really beginning parts, but at some point we will have our own tune. Yay. Sorry, I just couldn't. Yeah, so much for the surprise. <laughs> so I, I need to uh, have everybody tell everybody and say congratulations to uh, new papa over here. Yay. Uh, bouncing baby boy. Number two. Number two. Well, number two child. Number two child. Yeah. I have the perfect family now. Yeah. Wife, two kids. Stays at Boy, work. Boy, girl. <laughs> so congratulations yep. to thank uh, you, thank to you, you and uh, to mama. And so yeah. All right. That's so good. what are we going to do this week? Well, first we're going to give out our emails. Mine is Scott at education dot org, and yours is what? Is Scott Duarte, S-C-O-T-T-D-U-A-R-T-E at E-D-G-Y-C-A-T-I-O-N dot org. Yes, yes. Um, all one so, word, all lowercase. Yep. So when when you tell your friends about the podcast, make sure you tell, because a lot of people are hearing education and not education. And that's why we're not getting all the emails. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That's exactly it. So it's E-D-G-Y, like edgy, like on the edge, like at the edges of education, just like it says on the site. Like it says when you download it from iTunes. Yeah. So go download it from iTunes. There you go. Use the new feed. And I got to check that feed, actually. 
see if it works or what? No, because I think it's on the old system, so we're not getting the subscriber count. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. All right. That's the news. Email us. We have the forums up. Uh, please take the time to come in, come over to education.org, E-D-G-Y-C-A-T-I-O-N. Register. Register. Uh, put some stuff up on the forums. Ask us questions. We will give you answers. And uh, maybe even, if you're lucky, we will give you correct answers. <laughs> uh, or we'll give you answers and you can correct them for us. That works, too. That works, too. Because uh, between the two of us, we got an opinion on everything. So... Shoot them in. Exactly. And uh, this week's opinion, because we couldn't round up an interview guest, <laughs> is going to. We're going to be talking a little bit about um, the validity of working overseas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially in relation to if you uh, want to get a job back in the states uh, at some point in your career. Yep. Um, at the community college. Or just at the post-secondary level. Post-secondary, yeah, anything after high school. Um, so the premise that we're going to be working from with this uh, with this little idea is that uh, we overheard a conversation. So you know, first first hand <laughs> knowledge. This is what we go by um, about you know how difficult whether whether working overseas at a at an institution. Uh, pre- pre- presumably a university overseas is going to help you in your job hunt when you get back to the States. What did we hear? Because you actually heard it, and I, if I say it, it's going to be third hand. I, I, well, I came in the middle of it. So, All right. so well, the idea We got in general, great sources around here. We do our research. Um, so what's, the, what's the idea? What's the thought? That... Um, a lot of the work overseas is not up to snuff. It's not up to par with um, or or valid in the eyes of post-secondary institutions back in the States. Mm-hmm. That um, to some extent, five years, three years, five years, however many years overseas is still equal to only maybe one year mm-hmm. for someone teaching in the States. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and so we're here to blast it and support it and... Yeah, basically conduct a nice little thought experiment on it. Um, That's us good. Dissection, yeah. So, you know, I, I can see to a degree... Let's, let's take a communi- community college example. All right. Just because. I mean, it's a good place to start. A four-year university is kind of a different ball of wax anyway, I think. But start at the community college. More likely to be able to get a... Uh, uh, part-time position there before you would go on to a four-year school anyway, don't you think? Right. Well, the whole problem um, to me is that you graduate with a master's in ESL or TESOL or EFL or whatever it is, um, maybe applied linguistics or so forth, and to, to after graduation to go straight into a university gig or a community college gig uh, in the states, is I would say near impossible for a full-time job. I uh, see. Now I would say completely impossible. There, I, I've known some people who have lucked out at small little community colleges in BFE oh. that uh, right. hired them off the spot. More power but those them. are places that it's hard 
to get someplace. There's, there's, there's nobody within 20 miles of, you know, no houses within 20 miles of the school and the nearest grocery store is a two hour drive. Yeah, pretty much so. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're in a saturated market, then it is impossible. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember looking around in San Francisco just for kicks. Um, forget it. <laughs> I, I was lucky. I got I got an institute job, and I was like, oh, I got a job. Woohoo! Exactly, exactly. And so getting a, a real gig is impossible unless you're going to go the adjunct way, mm -hmm. and that's definitely valid. But a lot of my friends who did that, they would have to teach a class here at one institution and then a class at another institution. Um, there's no perks or bennies. Right. They have, they're paying their own insurance and so forth. And for people like me who have a family, that's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's really literally one class at one school, another class at a different school. If you're lucky, you can start to consolidate classes at one place, but there's, there's almost, never any guarantee that the next semester they're not going to cut the classes and you'll be like eh, well it was nice. it was great working with you thanks we appreciate it don't let the door hit in the butt on the way exactly out. it's all based upon student enrollment and if something happens like 9-11 or the u.s clamps down on immigration um student visas student visas then you're back out looking for another different institution to yeah. work at yeah and McDonald's the, is a wonderful institution. Exactly. And you can use your ESL <laughs> experience. But anyway. the, the other way to go is to go overseas mm. with your master's and little experience. You can get a university gig. Yeah. Uh, full time, full benefits, housing provided. We, talk, we covered this in the first in the three first few, ep yeah. uh, episodes. But good benefits. Um, decent pay yep. and start getting um being able to pay back your student loans exactly you know and start getting real world experience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it doesn't always equate in the eyes of uh institutions back home right and i'll say it shouldn't always yeah i would agree with that it shouldn't always and, you know, with resumes and, you know, going into a job interview, there's always a little magic that goes on, you know, it, it ain't, whatever anybody says they do, you know, you got to cut it in half anyway. Right. I mean, I would be the worst person to be, you know, like in, in charge of the interviews because I'd be like, now what'd you really do? <laughs> Because we both know that you know you're you're here to make yourself look good. Now 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 square it out. What did, what did you you know? Yeah, I went back over my resume and I I toned it down, quite a, not quite a considerably, but a bit. Yeah. To, yeah. to make it more realistic. Yeah. It, it's like it's like, what I was doing? What? I was only king of the the realm, <laughs> not right. the emperor. That's so. right. That's right. So yeah. So. So basically, this the the whole thing about this that bothers me is kind of the blanket statement. And like I said, we don't have any you know original sources on it. And and for some reason, uh, the people at the community college didn't answer when I yelled out my window. <laughs> um, maybe they didn't hear me. I should try the telephone next time. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I've I've gone out for community college gigs in the states, and I've been a bridesmaid twice. Oh yeah. Uh, never a bride. Yeah. I was I was 
number two choice and well the 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 second choice and the first Mm. choice took the job and uh then i was yeah on on the short list and didn't get it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i don't think it was because i had just overseas experience i think it was more because the other person was better qualified Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe i i floundered in the interview interview, or the demo lesson who knows yeah but um so they are willing to look at you. No, oh, that's good. Yeah, because I mean, when I first heard this this story, it, it's basically like, all right, I spent five years here busting my hump, and you know, I know that when I come out, of, when the students come out of my classroom, they are better than they went in, um, and they still like the language <laughs> when they leave. <laughs> and I know, you know, I know that other teachers, you know, not here, but I know other places, other people. They don't care if the students still like the language as long as they get their, you know, their essay and and go away. Right. You know, um, I don't think it's fair that we should be judged the same way because because I'm that way. But that's again, that's that's the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're from the same institution, the same university that you're teaching, you should be judged the same way. Mm. And and. That's what in the interview they'll look at, and hopefully they'll they'll pick you over them. Mm. So that's that's your job in the interview to make sure that you express the point that, look, I'm good at what I do, and my students not only learn the material that they're supposed to learn in a in a, a acceptable manner, they also still come out of the class enjoying the language or, or right. still interested in study. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is all based on you as a professional. Uh, educator Mm -hmm. but so you have control of that what you need to be careful of when accepting positions overseas is what kind of university you're going to work for yes yes because a lot of the universities back in the states they have um, sister colleges overseas and they have partner universities and for example Kansai has uh, 299 partner like that, universities yeah. in the U.S. alone. Uh, not in. Oh no, maybe that's no, worldwide. No, that's almost worldwide. 300 worldwide. But but of those 300 worldwide, I want to say 150. around 150 to 200. It's it's in an the number. It's a received number. Yeah. So our university is well established and well known worldwide. Um, and you'd be surprised how many um, PR and department heads know that information right um and our students overseas also this is a, another factor our students overseas usually have a pretty good reputation for being pretty good students and being able to come into the lang- into the country and speak the language to a degree and handle and, their own and yeah yeah and you know very very rarely is there a situation where you know the problem the problem esl student was from guide doesn't just hardly ever happens mm-hmm. because they know what's going to happen if they come when they come back. <laughs> um, but but I mean you know the, this school has a reputation of sending good students overseas, and but a lot of universities don't, mm-hmm. or they have no reputation whatsoever. Um, Which is almost it's kind of like credit thing. You know you want either really good credit or you want absolutely none. Right. You know because kind of dodgy credit. You're not going to get that bank loan. They they can yeah and and employers back home can see through that. Mm-hmm. Um, teaching in Korea uh, at at 
a few of the places that I taught have good reputations. Um, but a lot of the university gigs over there, it's just teaching conversation. Right. And that by itself is valid. It's still valid teaching. I'm not saying it's not. Right, right. But for what universities and community colleges back in the States or in England or, or wherever, Australia, yeah. Australia, what they need is more academic teaching. Right. And so they're going to say, oh, you talk conversation, good for you, but... That doesn't help whatsoever. Right, because for, we're looking for to fill some, put somebody in a writing course. Now, they both say ESL on them, but academic writing in ESL and conversation in ESL, it's, you know, it's night and day. It's, it's just not right. equivalent. So when you're looking for a position, make sure to, to look for the best possible uh, I, I know that doesn't sound articulate, and uh, blah, 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 but you need to be careful of who you apply for or apply to. And when you're just starting out, yeah, get get a conversation gig. Right, it right. puts you overseas. It puts you in the area. You can start looking from there. Right, right. And always move up. Um, you always need to start someplace, and, yep. and that's low. And, and a, a lot of it, I mean, coming into a country, sometimes, I mean, you can... You should always Google somebody, you know, Google the university that you're applying to. See see what you can dig up, you know, find the good, the bad, the ugly. All right. Um, and, you know, really kind of dig into it and make sure that uh, you know what's going on. And even if it's not like, you know, a national tier top Ivy League version university, yeah, sometimes, you know, one of the lower ones is enough to get your foot in the door so you can begin to move your way up. But you have to be careful which door you're getting your foot in. Right. Sometimes it's the entrance door and sometimes it's the exit. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's what that's where the Google search is going to be, you know, important. If, if you come out of there, plus if you're applying for other stuff, um, you want to try to talk to some of the staff that are already working there. Right. Um, why would you want to do that? To see exactly what you're going to be teaching, mm -hmm. um, to see what the office morale yeah. and uh, politics are. Um, just, if any. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes, you know, sometimes a school will come in and say, all right, this is our course. This is what you're teaching. And, you know, you, after three weeks, you're asking, you're telling yourself, well, they could have got a monkey in here doing this <laughs> because I can't deviate at all from what they have laid out. Whereas you could be in another school and they say, all right, hey, cool, welcome to here. Uh, the room's over there. There's chalk in the, under the board. Bye. Yeah. And, you know, and then you never see them again. <laughs> and a lot of places, I mean, usually fall somewhere in, in the middle. Right. But. Uh, well, going back to, to what you were saying about top tiered or middle level, I would say you might find a top tiered university hiring but it is conversation whereas you find a middle tiered or middle reputation um that doesn't make sense but yeah mid mid-level reputation exactly yep. um where they want you to teach writing and reading mm -hmm. and speech um as in presentations and, right, right. and note-taking things like that and i would say it'd be much better for your resume to take that middle level university over the high level. Now the high level university, um, people back in the States or your, your home country might have heard of it, 
but when they finally ask you, well, what were you doing? It's going to falter. I mean, you can have a basket weaving degree from Yale and they'll say Yale and great. But then when that then basket once, weaving comes out, it's like, once the details oh, come in, wow, yeah. gr that's great. <laughs> that is the best basket I have ever seen. Can you do that underwater? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yes, I can. <laughs> because Yale's that good. Mm -hmm. So a degree in underwater basket weaving. Know what you're going to be teaching. Now, the, the university I was teaching at um, prior to this in Korea, it's a great school. Um, but the majority of my classes were conversation. It was four skills. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not really into four skills um, because you can't really stress anything enough. No, oh, so okay, so when, it was a when little, you say it was four skills, it, it was, was a little like... reading, a little writing, um, mostly conversation, speaking, uh, and listening. Okay, so it wasn't anything where you could, because I prefer four skills stuff. But... Well, you always try to incorporate everything. Right. But you usually have a main focus. Right, right, right. So when I when I, my reading class, yes, I want them speaking as much as possible, and they will be writing as well. But the main focus is reading. Is reading. Uh, this, the main focus was conversation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you were still doing at the movies oh, and, right, right. and things to that extent. Yep. Um, yeah. And for what they needed, that was great. But for my resume, it wasn't so good. But what I was able to do um, at the same university was I had other um, classes like a video conferencing um, program in conjunction with Ball State University, oh, that's cool. where four days of the week I would teach um, high-level students content-based uh, lessons, and then the fifth day they would have a video conference with an uh, actual faculty member from Ball State University mm -hmm. uh, live via video conferencing, and then afterwards they would have a Q&A session with the faculty member and some of the student body. No, oh, that's cool. And so it was a great, it looks great for my um, resume, and it let me grow as an educator. Right. Um, I also did some teacher training mm -hmm. there. So yes, the conversation and the four skill stuff might not help my resume, but the other stuff really added another, a new facet um, to my CV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, when we were thinking about doing this topic, I mean, we I, I got kind of worked up right away uh, because the impression that I had initially gotten was, um, and the feeling that I gotten from it was that, oh, you worked overseas. Well, that's not real teaching. You're you're just you know, out overseas escaping from the U.S., which is the center of the universe, which is not. Anyway, you must um, be a criminal. Yeah, <laughs> terrorist. Um, and so, uh, you know, that that was the initial feeling that I got, and that was my initial reaction was like, well, no, dude, man, I'm working here. Shut up, sit down. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but as I thought about it a little bit, um, some of, some of the jobs in the community college, some of them would be better suited for somebody who's basically trained as a high school composition teacher, high school English teacher. Right. Not necessarily ESL, but, you know, actually composition, as exciting as that is. Um, <laughs> but the thing that those people don't have is dealing and listening to 
slightly different English and how to, you know, actually get these students who have a language already uh, to change from that, you know, that base into something that the academic community in the U.S. wants. Right. Um, and how to best change. Right. And so, you know, then you have the ESL teachers, the people with the ESL degrees on the other side of that coin who can do that, who can get the change, but maybe their writing skills or teaching of writing skills is not quite up to scratch. What you need is a team teacher. <laughs> and the crowd goes silent. Yeah. <laughs> There's one guy in the background. <laughs> I hate team teaching. Yep, I second that one. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, team teaching is really one brain and two bodies. Um, and, you know, the, the only, the best team teaching that I've ever seen is one person does everything and comes in and tells the other person, this is what we're doing. And the other person says, okay. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Everything else is, I mean, this work together, plan together. It can work if you have the right two people, but the right two people don't come along all that often. Right. Right. And so, you know, and that's another thing for, you know, moving from here to there, particularly in Japan, JET program is all team teaching um, because uh, you have a foreigner who doesn't speak the language taking over a, a Japanese high school or middle school class. Are you crazy? Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> um, and so, you know, when you're, if you're doing your degree and then you come over on the jet program and then you're trying to move back into um, jobs in the U.S., uh, you know, you're going to be coming over some other stuff, uh, team teaching. Right. And stuff like that. I was just looking at the wire setup. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, go, going... So if I'm boring the co-host... <laughs> we may be reaching that point in the show. No, no, no. I, I was thinking... Um, before the, the the team teaching bit, um, mm -hmm. going back to what you need is a high school um, composition teacher. Just when I was teaching um, ESL in New York in the public school uh, at a high school, there was always somewhat of a rivalry between the English department and the ESL department mm -hmm. because they always felt, well, someone who's trained in English oh, can come over to the ESL department, no problem. But the ESL teachers are never good enough to go to the English yeah, department. Yeah, yeah. A little second second rate citizen. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and to some extent, it's true. Not all ESL teachers are ready to teach literature and right. and things to that extent. Right. But I don't think all English teachers are ready to teach um, non-native uh, yeah. students. No, I agree. I agree. But getting back on track and and. Um, about work experience overseas and so forth. It's just, well, I mean, I, I've covered this and, and I don't want to say it over and over and over, but it's making sure that you get what type of job overseas you get. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a lot of the places overseas, you know, it's there's to a certain degree, there's always a make your own sort of an idea. Right. Um, if your school is not offering what you need, then set something up and do it outside. For, you're probably going to have to do it for free. But, you know, it's still, you know, 
put together the English speaking and writing club for the university and go in and, and you know, heck, nobody's going to ask you how many students you had, probably. But, um, you know, they're going to say, oh, you went and, and set up this thing and what did you teach them? Right. And then you can pull out, well, I did the composition and we did that and I had the students write a novel and stuff like that. Right, exactly. Yep. Um, so, so make things happen on your own. Yep. If you can't uh, work through the system, if you can't find an, another job yeah. to go to, um, don't be afraid to look for other jobs. Yep. Um, I kind of gotten in a rut of jumping ship, jumping ship, jumping ship. Or when my contact fin uh, contract finished the first year, then I would go to another place. Mm. Um, so don't be afraid to keep looking, yeah. but I was always moving up. Right. And that's that's the other thing. You know, if you're going to take a step down in in prestige or quality of university, you better have a really good reason for it. Right. And there are. There are good reasons. Um, but but just be aware of, you know, what prestige level or – and I, I hate doing that because – one of the things I had thought I wanted to get into today was like academic, quote, academic excellence slash what I put as academic arrogance, um, which is a topic for a different day because I'll get on my soapbox for that. <laughs> uh, you know, is what's out there, what are people going to say? Oh, you went down to the inst local institute and so you must have lost your mind. Right. And, so, you know, th but if there's a good reason for it, you know, you can do that. Well, that's true. Um but you got to have a good reason for it, and there just aren't that many. Yeah, and if it's a good personal reason, then that won't fly. Right. That won't fly. Right. But um, also, if you're fresh out of grad school, and especially if you're single, the best jobs might be low-paying. Right. And you might not be able to um, save any money or pay back as fast as possible your student loans. Right. But they're low interest, and they're made for paying out over 2,000 years. There you go. And uh, so, for example, I took a job um, as soon as I graduated with the State Department, with the ELF, the Eng English Language Fellows, and that put me into a university that um, oversees usually in developing countries. And at that time, they were only paying junior fellows around $16,000 mm. a year. Wow. Um, and I kind of got lucky with the payment and, and the way I did it, uh, but that got me a good university job. Um, everyone in the States knows the ELF program, right? and it has a nice reputation. Um, Go back and listen to our EFL show for <laughs> more details. Exactly. Now, I only stayed in for two weeks because I got bombed out of the country. <laughs> But from that job and with that recommendation from um, the regional English language officer, I got another job uh, with more dirt pay uh, teaching at an English-only university in Morocco. And mm -hmm. that was around $17,000 a year. Mm -hmm. um, but if you look at Morocco, um, I still paid off my student loans every week or every uh, month. I only had a wife then, no children, and I spent a month camping in Spain, and mm. I still saved $4,000 at the end of the year. Good. 
Yeah. So, whereas in Japan, I don't think I'll save That's that much money. Now that, now that you got two kids. Now that I got two kids. The rest of it goes to Pampers. But the university I was at um, was like Kansai Gaidai. Actually, they have an exchange program with Kansai oh, Gaidai. Yeah. And um, as well as universities around the world. And they have a good reputation. And my job at that university was preparing students to go overseas, mm -hmm. uh, getting their English up, not only to go overseas, but to take mainstream English classes at our university, which was um, the main, the regular faculty is all PhD based, mm -hmm. um, all English only classes. And so universities do respect that um, experience. That's, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I guess I, we're, it's about time to wrap up. So, um, in the end, you know, don't uh, don't let somebody tell you that your job, you know, your five years spent overseas is not worth is only worth one year in the states. Um, you know, if you're in that job interview, then you force them, you know, show them what you did that makes it that means that five years was valuable and you did learn things and your your students, in most particularly your students, came out of your class knowing what they were supposed to know um, and still enjoying the language. That's that's the goal. And that you would be as big an asset as anyone else that they hired who worked in the States. Yep, yep. Now, like I said, we only, um, we rushed the top of this and uh, didn't get into the big fight section. So um, I'm sure there is somebody out there somewhere who probably doesn't agree with us on some point or another. Screw them! <laughs> So I dare you to send me an email. Um, <laughs> all right. And with that, I hear the music. Yep, there it is. <laughs> Subtle as a hammer. Yep. So uh, thanks for listening again. Uh, my email is scott at education.org. I'm Scott Duarte at education.org. Come see us in the forums. Uh, hang out. Send us an email. Put up a post. What do you want to hear about? all good man all right we'll take care everyone we'll uh talk to y'all next week all right peace see y'all